Hi, I'm Bob Ekblad. Welcome to my podcast, Disciple. Word, Spirit, Justice, Witness. I've been talking recently with our faith community at Tierra Nueva about the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response, which um, most of them have heard of because they're people that have gone through lots of uh, 12-step programs and, you know, and, and this response is something that's talked about a lot in anger management classes as well. And so people who've gone through the criminal justice system have been in prison, you know, have been through our courts, you know, they're familiar with that language. And um, anyway, I've been talking with them and sharing just some other kinds of responses to that, that we can, um, you know, we can prepare ourselves for both, you know, psychological responses and then spiritual responses. So I just want to share some of those thoughts right now. So I'm going to begin by quoting um, just a definition from simplypsychology.org. Um, the fight or flight response is a physiological reaction that occurs in response to a perceived harmful event, attack, or threat to survival. It prepares your body to either confront or flee from the threat by triggering changes like increased heart rate, quicken breathing, and heighten alertness. Um, then uh, an additional definition. The fight's response is your body's way of facing any perceived threat aggressively. Flight means your body urges you to run from danger. Freeze is your body's inability to move or act against a threat. Fawn is your body's stress response to try to please someone to avoid conflict. And the goal of the fight, flight, freeze or fawn response is to decrease and or evade danger and return to a calm, relaxed state. And, um, you know, in many ways, um, you know, drug addiction, taking a substance is, uh, does something similar. It brings us to a place of, uh, you know, of feeling normal. Okay. And so how do you, how do we cope with this? You know, what are some of the ways that we can respond, you know, to this, uh, this response. Well, one of the things we that's important is just to thoroughly understand our body's natural fight or flight or freeze or fawn response. Um, understanding that that's a way to help us cope with situations. And so when we notice that our body's becoming tense, there's steps that we can take to try to calm and relax our bodies. And, and of course, um, you know, some of that is just, a, it's just becoming, um, I guess, taking some deep breaths, and just becoming aware, I guess, of some of the things that might trigger us. And, you know, what are some of the things that trigger us to get in a reactive mode or to, you know, to, to, to fight or to, or to flee a situation or, you know, um, what kind of things cause us to be paralyzed? Like we, there's nothing we feel like we can do. Um, you know, people that have been through a lot of trauma and like say PTSD, they can have super heightened sensitivity to threats and, um, which can cause them to be on high alert and then easily triggered. And, um, and so uh, one of the things that we work with people on in our prayer ministry is, is just seeking to help them get healing from past traumas, which is uh, a long, sometimes uh, an arduous process that involves, you know, just a lot of, of dealing with the pain of past, um, you know, past wounds. You know, also just seeking healing from our anxiety and um, in different ways and and then engaging in 
lifestyle practices that reduce stress, you know, things like exercise, recreation, rest, prayer, you know, just healthy lifestyle choices. But now I just want to talk about, um, you know, some of the spiritual responses that, that are important to, I guess, prepare ourselves for. You know, how do we prepare ourselves for situations that would cause us to either fight, flight, freeze, or fawn? So that in a way we're, um, you know, we're trained up, you know, like how would we prepare ourselves if we were going to go on a big, long backcountry ski trip and we knew we were going to be, um, you know, having to hike, um, you know, with our skins on our skis, you know, up, 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 up for, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 feet per day of, you know, and then maybe ski down very steep passes. I mean, there's things that we can do that I would do. I've done, you know, long backcountry ski trips where, you know, running, uh, a lot of exercise, you know, just uh, training was super important. And even going skiing uh, with my backcountry skis up on ski slopes um, was critical for me to feel really good on my, on my, on my skis in steep terrain. So how do we do that spiritually? You know, how do we get to a point where, you know, we are actually preparing ourselves? Um, I think that studying Jesus's way of dealing with conflict is really important. And one key text that I'm going to read right now is just from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 29. And uh, But there's so much in the Gospels, especially in the Beatitudes, that can help us here. Um, Jesus says, But I say to you who hear or who are hearing, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. So like actively uh, moving towards people who bring about stress in our lives and who are people who trigger our, you know, our, I guess, our reactivity through, um, you know, through, I guess, uh, you know, like active enemy love and, um, and practicing goodness towards people that are antagonistic towards us. And, I mean, what Jesus says here is super challenging, especially verse 29, whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also, which I tend to read as more of a, like, stay um, facing the, the the difficulty, you know, um, rather than maybe freezing or or or, or running, you know, f- uh, face the person who um, who is your opponent. And yet we're going to see through some of the other scriptures that actually there's times when we need to flee for sure. Okay, but even preparing ourselves so that we are, you know, we know how to discern the difference between a situation that we should flee and one that we should face, um, and and turn the other cheek. In other words, stay stay facing the, the the difficulty is is something that requires, I guess, preparation. I really like First um, Peter chapter three verse eight um, through twelve that I'm going to read here that I think gives us, um, this is a text that should be studied, really. Um, Peter writes, to sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, or I think we could say empathic, Um, you know, brotherly or sisterly, kind-hearted and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil. Okay, that would be our natural response, the, the fight response, or insult for insult but giving a blessing instead. 
So it's like, this is stuff that uh, needs to be told us because we're not prone to, to behave this way. It's like Peter is giving us something that's directly from his um, being trained by Jesus. I mean, he was someone who, I mean, in that in the garden, he pulled out the sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant and, you know, reacted like that and, um, and was ready to fight to defend Jesus. And, um, you know, um, you know, right prior to when Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And, um, you know, so because Jesus was in this mode of, you know, of going to the cross, of, of willingly uh, confronting evil in order to overcome it. And so he's calling us into a similar path and Peter was, is getting it now. So he's saying, you know, uh, we mustn't return evil for evil or insult for insult. Well, try practicing that and, and see how how difficult it is and how much, um, how much we, this, you know, our difficulties and our inabilities to do this, um, really are humbling and bring us back to God and, um, as the source of love and, and grace and mercy that we need in order to be able to grow in our capacity, um, so that we can give a blessing instead of, you know, reacting, uh, Peter writes, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For, and then he's quoting from a psalm here, um, the one who desires life to love and see good days. Okay, well, that's me and I assume that's you. Um, I desire life. I, I want to love and I want to see good days. And don't we all? I hope so. Um, okay, so that one must keep his tongue from evil. And his lips from speaking deceit, he or she must turn away from evil and do good. He or she must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So when we're practicing this um, this way of, 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 of love, um, you know, we're in... We're facing the Lord God directly. We're, we're in that relationship with the presence with Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit, and and that's that's a place where God is attentive to us, and and there's there's a, a conversational prayer that can take place where we're guided in um, in how we're to move forward. Um, Peter continues in verse thirteen: Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what's good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you're blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. So see, to actually prepare ourselves for, um, to not just um, respond through fight, flight, freeze, fawn, means that we're taking things like this seriously, this this call of Peter, um, to prepare ourselves in a way to suffer and to not be afraid. Um, of this intimidation and to not be troubled, but to sanctify Christ as Lord in our in your hearts. Okay, so like like setting apart Jesus as um, as on the throne of our hearts and His way of peace, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence, and keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered. Those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it's better, if God would will it, 
that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. Anyway, there's a lot there, and um, but I'm going to move on now and look at another response. So I'd say that's sort of the Jesus teaching response and, and the apostolic response. And now I want to look a little bit at a spiritual warfare response. Um, so 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter writes, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. So, um, and what are we on the alert for? Well, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Okay, so there's uh, antagonistic powers that are at large. And uh, we need to be alert and be aware and be attentive and be um, and be vigilant, okay, and be looking for that. It's it's not just, you know, our body, um, you know, our stress response that we need to be aware of, but it's also uh, the spiritual realm. We need to be aware of the temptation, um, the tempting tempter who's active and spiritual provo provocations. Um, so Peter writes, but resist him. Okay, so this is a kind of fighting that um, we're being invited into now resistance. There is a kind of fighting that is an appropriate kind of fighting. And um, and so we don't want to just set aside fight, flight, freeze, fawn, but we want to look at a positive type of, of battling it out, I guess, of resistance. Resist him, that is the devil, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. Now that word resist, that's the word anthistemi, which means to stand against, to oppose, to resist, to withstand. So resistance is a critical posture. And we see this kind of thing all through the Bible, like Exodus 14, 14 is a key one. You know, when Moses is leading the Israelites out of Egypt, um, God tells him, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to keep still. So that expectation that when we cry out to God, and God will fight for us in, in many cases. And that's part of spiritual warfare is knowing um, how to cry out. Um, Deuteronomy 1.30, the Lord your God who goes before you is the one who will fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. The Lord will fight for you. And, um, and yet there's also a role that we have in that fight, like we have in the New Testament, the, the really famous text, Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist. That's that same word, anthistemi, um, so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. But notice it's armor that we're to take up. And so it's, it's a defensive armor and having everything to stand firm, having done everything to stand firm. And Pretty much all the armor that's mentioned in Ephesians 6 is defensive. You know, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, the only um, def offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is what we're reading right now. So Scripture itself is part of the, um, or just the Word, um, the living Word of God is part of our warfare. 1 Corinthians 10.4, um, Paul here talks about that. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, 
So in other words, they're not fight, flight, uh, freeze, fawn. They're not of the flesh. That would be a fleshly response, our, 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 our bodily, you know, psychological response. But in contrast, but are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And, um, and so 1 Corinthians 10 goes into detail about that as well. But um, let's look at some other scriptures about fighting. So 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Um, you know, we're told elsewhere that those who call on the name of the Lord, who's, and that name is Jesus in the New Testament, right, will be saved. Um, James 4, 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So that, um, those are some texts regarding, you know, sort of the struggle, the, the warfare, spiritual warfare perspective. And there's so much more that could be said, but these are just some basic ones that we've been sharing with our community. So now let's look at um, fleeing or flight. You know, um, there's beautiful whole, like so many scriptures that, that present fleeing as just the essential posture. You know, we see Esau, and Jacob, you know, when Jacob stole the birthright, um, you know, he flees from his brother. And, you know, Rachel um, urges him, you know, uh, to, to, to run, to go to Laban. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's really committed something, a crime against his brother. And so he's fleeing for his life. And, and so it's not, you know, it's not like, like he's a righteous um, fugitive or something. But, um, but then there's so many examples of, like in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, when Herod is going to try to destroy the baby Jesus because he's learned from the Magi that there's a, the king of the Jews has been born. Um, and the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod's going to search for the child to destroy him. So you know, being attentive to when we're called by God to actually leave a situation, to to get away, to take people away, take our family away, take friends away. You know, um, it's it's really critical that we're listening for the word of God for ourselves. Um, and we know when it's time to confront something versus when it's time to just get, a, get away from something. Um, Matthew 10, 23, but Whenever they persecute you in one city, um, flee to the next. Don't fight, right? There's such an attitude in our country right now of, of people, you know, uh, arming themselves, um, planning to take a stand to, uh, and so many Christians involved in this whole movement of, you know, um, including just the creation of militias and such, and, you know, um, people arming themselves to, to protect their rights and to protect their their houses and their lands and uh, the country from you know from whatever the government um a bad government and but that notion is is really nowhere present in the new testament in terms of uh jesus followers we're we're called to be about the kingdom of god and 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 when persecution comes we don't fight our persecutors um never once do you see um, that happening jesus um doesn't fight 
against those that are arresting him. And none of the apostles are ever described as, as taking up arms. Matthew 24, 16, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies. Okay, wow, that would seem like the moment to fight the holy city. Well, Jesus says, flee to the mountains. Okay, so he doesn't call uh, Jewish disciples um, of, you know, his disciples to, um, you know, to defend um, Israel at all and or to defend the temple. In fact, he describes the temple as not one stone being left upon another. And he do, he says nothing about trying to protect that temple from, you know, being demolished by the Romans. Um, so property, protection of property wasn't part of Jesus's agenda. So then we see some other scriptures about fleeing um, other types of things, like uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee immorality. In other words, immorality can be something predatory like lust, um, different, th uh, different powers, you know, the passions are, are, are after us. Like Paul writes, every other sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the immoral person sins against his or her own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own? So we're not our own. So when there's predatory, um, you know, powers trying to seduce us, uh, there's times when we just need to get away from the situation where there's the temptation. You know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But then there's our part also of just, you know, running for it. Um, 1 Timothy 6, 10 to 12, For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs, but flee from these things, you man, woman of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. So see, the love of money is something that's predatory. And um, in this case, we're supposed to run from it, not, not fight it, which is interesting. Um, you know, it's like that scene is, I guess, a, a pretty ominous uh, opponent that... Um, you know, that can entrap us and, and catch us if we if we think we're strong enough to be able to, you know, fight it, fight against it. So instead we run from it. Second Timothy 2.20. Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who um, with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So together with others that call on the Lord um, Jesus from a pure heart were to actually flee from um, lusts, which are powerful. I mean, temptations are things that are very tempting. And so rather than just standing there and, and being tempted and possibly falling for that temptation, there's, there's, you know, we're urged to run, you know, run for our lives. So um, interestingly, there's another uh, word that is used throughout the scripture, which is not exactly fleeing but it's it's the word escape so you know when you're fleeing you haven't yet been caught when you're escaping you're already um you're already caught in something okay so um first corinthians 10 13 to 14 is one of my favorite scriptures in the bible the word is um says no temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to people so that word temptation is actually a word that can mean no affliction or trouble 
or um, or temptation um, has overtaken you, but such as is common to people. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted, afflicted, troubled, beyond what you're able. But with the affliction or temptation, God will provide a way of escape um, also so that you will be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Okay, there's a lot there that really needs to be unpacked that we don't, I don't have time for right now. But I encourage you to look at that text. So um, God, here Paul is saying that, that always there's going to be a way of escape that God will provide. And that escape route is something that we need to be uh, we need to be able to run through and get away from the affliction, trouble, temptation. And, um, and so, see, there's times when we're not called to fight, but to flee. First, uh, Psalm 124, 7 to 8, Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So, um, wow, that is so cool. So there's times when we can actually be caught, but, um, but there's a way, um, there's a way of escape from the trap. And um, Proverbs 12, 13, an evil person is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will escape from trouble. Okay, that trouble um, that we escape from perhaps is trouble that would come on us by what we say. And so this seems to suggest that the escape is keeping our mouth shut and avoiding agitating or, you know, like worsening a situation um, through, you know, through opening up our mouth and saying something antagonistic or destructive, whatever. Um, Luke 21, 36, but keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So that's talking about a lot of the things towards the end when, you know, Jesus' disciples are, 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 you know, are coming to him and saying, you know, Jesus, when, you know, he, they're asking about what, what to expect before he returns. And, you know, uh, we have this in, you know, uh, Mark chapter 13 and Matthew 24. And uh, in Luke 21, for instance, you know, Jesus uh, is talking about there'll, there'll be signs, um, you know, things that are coming. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes and in various places, plagues and famines, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. And uh, and he goes on, you know, so make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves, for I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. But you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you'll be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your life. And then he goes on. This is when he talks about, you know, um, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is near. And, you know, escape. 
you know, run for the mountains, um, you know, um, and, and it goes on. And, and I encourage you to, to read through some of these scriptures. I think they're really important to keep in mind, you know, um, Luke 21, Mark 13, Matthew 24. Um, escaping is something we need to be preparing for, fleeing and escaping, you know, rather than fighting or freezing or fawning, you know, and fawning would be the other response where we just comply and we submit, we, we submit to the, you know, to the antagonist, to the aggressor. Um, we, you know, we, you know, we give in, we give up and, you know, um, we don't want to be about that. Um, and we don't want to be about freezing and just being paralyzed either. So, um, it's either fight, um, spiritually, you know, um, with the weapons of the spirit and the way of Jesus or, um, or fleeing or escaping, it seems to me. And, um, second Timothy two, 25 to 26, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So see, that's another example of, uh, you know, of, of becoming, coming to our senses and being able to escape um, through repentance um, and knowledge of the truth. So maybe getting out of a bad situation that, um, that we've fallen into through temptation, and, but it's not too late. There's a way to, to get out uh, and to, from being from captivity. Um, sorry for the background noise there. The, the, the planes that fly over our house and land at the Navy base on Whidbey Island are just decided to fly over right when we're right to the end of this podcast. But anyway, check out 2 Timothy 2, 25 to 26. Um, Hebrews 2, verse 3 says, How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Um, Hebrews 12, 25, See to it that you do not refuse the one who's speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from the one who warns us from heaven. So we want to be listening to, um, you know, to, I guess, people who are warning us, who are people of stature, who are wise. Um, and But we want to be listening to God and to the, through the Holy Spirit and be attentive and be watchful. And um, so, so um, I'm going to close by looking at 1 Peter 5.10. After you've suffered for a little while, um, I assume this is just our lives, right? The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So I just uh, want to close with a prayer. God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that, um, that you offer us ways to respond other than just fight, flight, freeze, um, fawn. And we ask that you would um, help us to prepare ourselves so that we can um, respond in a way that is um, in keeping, you know, with our the authority that you've given us as your sons and daughters. We just ask that you'd fill us, Holy Spirit, and make us alert to, to your voice and um, and that we would strengthen, become strengthened in our spirits through your love, your perfect love, um, that would drive out all the fear that's in us so that we um, will be ready for whatever comes our way. 
Jesus' name, amen.